The word moustache is French and dates back to the 16th century, but hairy upper lips have been around for a heck of a lot longer. Mo's have always been an interesting way to start a conversation, but those conversations became more important at the turn of the 21st century. From humble beginnings in Australia in 2003, the Movember movement has grown to be a truly global one. Hello and welcome to Flynn's Talk, episode 18. We are nearing the end of uh, a 20-episode run, 20 in 2020. Jez has a nice ring to it. It does, it does. It's a significant month, October, Jez. It's Mental Health Month and October 10 is World Mental Health Day. Um, so we thought we might take a little bit of a step back from the veterinary field for this for this one and, and talk a bit more broadly about mental health focus in the community. Yeah. For anyone who knows you and I well and has followed our social media pages as Heard plenty about Movember and seen some pretty pitiful facial hair um, from my perspective. I've got a bit of a gross ISO bum fluff. Now, your Mo has definitely carried the weight for our team, um, but it's fair to say that you and I have, have bought into the, to the Movember campaign and, and been a part of it for over a few years now. I think you're yeah. 10 years this year, which is awesome. Yeah, this is my 10th year, and I think we've been six or seven years as a as a team as Team fake mustache for those of you playing at home. <laughs> those of you want to look us up, but it isn't about us and our um, or my pitiful efforts with uh, growing a mustache today, Jazz. I'm really excited and pumped because we've got some big hitters from Movember here to join us today. Starting with Movember's global director for mental health and suicide prevention, he's the jingle writing advertising man. Well, that's where he started, but he's come a long way since then. Brendan Ma, welcome to the uh, podcast, mate. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. Dr. Zach Seidler is a research fellow with the Origin Institute um, and is also the Director of Mental Health Training, focusing on mental health professionals, Jez, rather than those in the community. Zach, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks, guys. We've got our own focus here at Flynn's Talk, which has been focusing on that veterinary field, but... Jez and I are both blokes and we know that blokes are, well, we're a bit useless with our emotions or historically have been, but that's getting better and and we like to think we're we're championing these positive mental health messages and getting people to talk and and that's part of our Flynn's Walk mission. Brendan, October is Mental Health Month, but it's an important discussion year-round and and more specifically, October 10 is World Mental Health Day. What does that actually mean in, in the community and why why have we got a month and why do we need a day? Well, we've 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 all seen how how good and effective days can be in, in giving some focused attention to, you know, any movement or, or any cause. And uh, you know, mental health is clearly one that's got um a lot of momentum, I think, particularly in the last ten to fifteen years. Uh, you know, with the emergence of organizations like like Beyond Blue, you know, some twenty years ago. Uh, mental health has actually really come into the public narrative um, in a big way. I mean, here we are on a podcast talking about, you know, the tough stuff in, in a lot of ways, and you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to find many many of these types of podcasts twenty years ago if you I don't know, did Google even exist twenty years ago? Probably not. Probably not. Um, look, it's important because um, World Mental Health Day it's it's a global day. Um, it's a chance to to highlight uh, positive mental health and. You know, we always want to take a, a strength-based approach to to mental health. We don't talk about mental illness. We don't, uh, you know, we talk about mental health as as being something that we can, you know, take control of and and be be positive about. And now more than ever, um, it's 
it's a really important time to, to emphasise mental health as we, we've experienced, you know, probably one of the most extraordinary six months of our lives. Absolutely. And Zach, for you, um, your perspective, I guess, on you, you've come through your uh, a clinical psychology pathway and, and found your way now into um, completing a PhD. And we'll get into the Man Island shortly. But I suppose there's, there's this incredible need now just for everyone to collaborate. And then you obviously are a big advocate for that, working across Movember and across Origin and, and your own Man Island project as well. Without us all pulling together and working together and having these overlaps, it's just, it's it's a big job, right? Like we, we really need that. Oh, it's, it's huge. We're realizing, I think that there's a bit of an understanding now that you're much more likely to experience mental health difficulties than not. Yeah, we need to move away from that that idea around the stigma of you're in this out group for some reason and you're not uh, in line with the typical um, community when in fact the situation is is that throughout your life you're going to have ups and downs there are going to be bumps that's the way that it looks and we cannot deal with a whole population struggling with these issues on our own either as as clin psychs as psychiatrists as movember it doesn't matter who we are collaboration is key here and um, the best thing I think about Australia is that we have such strong ties across the industry, um, more so than any other country. And that's why we lead the way in mental health research. Um, you know, we, we found out uh, yesterday that the, uh, you know, budget was showing that we're going to now go from 10 to 20 uh, Medicare supported sessions with a mental health clinician, which is crazy. Like that's, that's huge progress in, in a small amount of time. Um, We've also got telehealth now at our fingertips that, you know, would have probably taken 10 to 15 years had it not been for COVID. So there are, there are benefits to this shitty pandemic. There's no doubt about it when it comes uh, to the, the reforms that are taking place. Um, But we have a lot of, a lot of room left to, to grow here and uh, it's going to take charities and, you know, service provision and all of these different um, leaders in the field coming together. Yeah, it really is a shame that it's taken it's taken this world pandemic to bring a lot of these things to light. But it has shown, as we've said, the collaboration between a lot of different charities, a lot of different groups, a lot of different organisations that are sort of bridging together in this time to to give that holistic approach and to give those wraparound um, supports to people. Um, and it shows that it's working and that it, hopefully these sort of things continue to work and to be continued to be implemented post pandemic. It's really interesting that it's mental health time now. It's like this, if this, I wonder yeah. if this had to happen 10, 15 years ago, the, the economy and all of these other things, you know, would have been, and in 10 years time, it might well have been climate change when, when we would have been ready to, to, to handle it. But right now it's like mental health was just at the point where we were really breaking through with, with lots of innovation, especially in this country. And the government has given lots of money to research funding. Um, so it was front and center and it just bubbled over. And so hopefully we can reap the benefits of that moving forward. It was interesting. Yeah. Acknowledging how far things have come and, this time has certainly accelerated the need to have these conversations more and more and more. Brendan, for you, you've been in the mental health sector for quite some time and and had a pathway through Lifeline into Are You OK, ran Are You OK, and now you're at Movember. How have you? How much have you seen it change in that time? It must be extraordinary looking back and, and seeing where where it started from where you entered. Yeah, a lot. You know, I didn't I didn't know a lot about mental health and suicide prevention um, before I stepped into my role at um, at Lifeline and. 
You know, one of the most, um, one of the probably the most profound things that, that I remember of of my time at Lifeline was the, I think it was the 2011 um, Senate inquiry into suicide in Australia. And Lifeline played a big role in gathering submissions from, um, you know, from people who'd been impacted by the death of a loved one. And, um, and we got hundreds and hundreds of these written submissions. And um, for me, it was a real kind of turning point in A, giving me an insight into the impact um, of, you know, and the real human um, impact of suicide. Um, it also, I think, was a bit of a turning point um, in really getting um, this particular issue on the on the policy agenda. And um, I still, I, I read through every single one of those submissions, and as did all of my and many of my colleagues, and they still stay with me um, and um, drive a lot of the work that um, that I do. I suppose um, the, the human element always always kind of does when you're. Um, privileged enough to, you know, to engage with people that are prepared to, um, you know, share with you um, part of their journey. And that's what you guys are doing now, um, obviously doing something meaningful um, out of losing, you know, um, a good mate to, to, to losing Flynn to, 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 to shine a spotlight on this. So, yeah, look, that that was a, a big turning point. And then to go from a crisis support organisation to Are You OK?, which, um, you know, was a staff of four when I got there, um, you know, and just see Australia kind of really get behind this, you know, this movement that um, was probably a little bit about cupcakes and balloons um, in the early days to become something that really has, um, you know, been embraced authentically from, uh, you know, from a lot of organisations and a lot of community groups. Um, and then to November, where you've got a global perspective and 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 an agendaed focus, um, which is, you know, which is amazing to be able to work with people like Zach. Um, you know, I'm not a clinician, um, but I get to work with some of the most incredible brains, um, you know, in the world, um, all focused on getting better outcomes for, um, you know, for men and boys, and, and of course, um, you know, for, for their for their families. And um, yeah, so I just see this, you know, this this ongoing, you know, kind of appetite and belief that we can uh, move the needle on this. Um, the world's throwing some pretty big challenges in front of us, absolutely. It's not making it easy. Um, but probably now more than ever, uh, we've got um, a real understanding at a community level, not just in Australia, but across the globe, that this is actually really important. And for us, certainly, um, the experience of, of losing someone close to you to suicide humanises the issue, if that's the right word that I can use, and it makes it, um, or hits you right, between the bloody eyes, the heart, the whole lot. I think that it's important when we see 15 to 44 and and six blokes, you know, eight people a day, six of blokes um, taking their life. But when you're touched by it in your own circle or in your own life, that's when it really anchors and it does hit you in the heart. Um, and Zach, I know that you've, you've experienced your own loss as well in your own family, losing your dad to suicide. And um, is that something that that led you to this pathway for you to get into to clinical psych, or you were already on that track, and it's emphasised the need for you to, to continue that great work that you're doing? Yeah, no, I was already I was already on the path. I think it's a subconscious thing for sure. Um, it uh, has motivated me. It's angered me. Um, it drives me. There's no doubt about that. Um, because the powerlessness that I felt with dad. Um, you know, despite having literally everything at our fingertips, um, 
from resources to, to knowledge to funds, you know, it just shows that it, it does not discriminate. Um, and so it became clear to me um, and probably I was thinking about it today that the, the reason that I am rallying against the system rather than men, uh, which is kind of how it's been uh, previously, which is that it's gone, men, you need to change. You need to get your shit together. You need to adapt and start to to communicate. Um, that is an undercurrent, I guess, of, of the work that we continue to do at Movember. And we need to continue to upskill and, and provide men with the the resources and the, the confidence to have these meaningful conversations with each other. But nonetheless, you cannot push men into a system that does not cater to their needs. You cannot close the door and hope for the best, and, you know, cross your fingers. Because I, I saw my dad see analysts, psychologists and psychiatrists, um, you know, the best that there was to offer and they couldn't hold him and he slipped through the cracks. Um, and we're left with a, a frightening statistic that, that shows that, you know, at least 60% of guys who suicide have sought help in the year prior. To say that these guys are completely detached from, from society, are not in touch with services, it's not the case. We have a, a huge ability here to actually bolster the, the services that we're providing these guys to make sure that they actually work for them, that they make them feel like they're in the right place at the right time and uh, you know are going to keep them coming back because um, that is really what I saw in my life. And that's what I see as a clinician. I'm very lucky that I get to get a second chance with lots of lots of guys who have been in, you know, a circumstance with some other service where they really did not feel heard or understood. And I hope to try to patch things up on behalf of the mental health system for them. Um, but we have a lot of work left to do. And um, you cannot expect a guy coming in to adapt to you. That's not how it works. You don't get a physio going, I can't deal with this knee. I don't, I don't like that knee. You can go and fix that and come back and then we'll work it out. It's like, no, you need to train to be able to deal with that knee. And so the whole mental health system needs to adapt to respond to masculinity as it looks in all its shapes and sizes. Um, and we're getting there slowly but surely. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, especially that stat, which, which I hadn't heard before Jack mentioned the other day to me, which the 60% of men who got help suicided within a year and that's something you it's something you don't think about you think a lot of people like throwing around these things that the men aren't seeking help that's why all this is happening that they're not opening up that they're not seeking help from family from professional supports but as you say it's a lot of the times it's the system that's failing failing the people not the other way around and it's such a different and interesting sort of eye-opener for me there's there's a bit of both there really, which is to say yeah, that they're, yeah, of course. you know, and, and Brendan would, would attest to the fact that there's plenty of guys that do need to seek help that are not, um, yep. and that are, are not jumping on this stuff early enough. Um, and we need to give them the confidence and the words to be able to do that. But then there are plenty and we've, we've got more men seeking help now than ever before because Movember and Are You Okay and Headspace, everyone is doing their job well. They're just leaving them there. And, and um, I think that we need to really bolster and adapt the system um, to this increasing diverse group of guys that are coming through the door. Yeah, well said. Um, and I, I saw a, a quote, um, Zach, when you spoke with the uh, Suicide Prevention Australia webinar series um, supported by Living Works and the fact that traditionally, um, a quote from 1990, but women seek help, men die, um, which is 
been harrowingly true for for far too long. But there are more people coming forward, Brendan, now, and and it's due to people like yourself and the organisation that you're that you're connected with in November, spreading that message. And 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 why why do you think it has turned? Like it hasn't been a quick turnaround to get people to come forward and ask for help, but it's it's helped by making it more engaging and more fun. Like we we take the piss and grow bad mustaches, but that's kind of what we had to do as blokes, it seems, to get the, to turn the dial, which it seems like a classic bloke thing to do. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, look, it's it's hard to kind of uh, you know put your finger on it. I, I think the emergence of you know role models and 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 high profile people that are you know prepared to actually um, talk about their own challenges, um, you know, captains and, you know, bosses, the CEOs, um, you know, he or she are getting up in front of their organisation and, you know, declaring that they too are human and have navigated, um, you know, life's challenges, be those, you know, mental health challenges or, or otherwise. And I think it kind of gives, uh, you know, gives people a little bit more permission to, Actually, realise that you can live a contributing life and 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 manage uh, mental ill health or or get through life's challenges. You don't have to do it on your own. But I also think um, with movements like like Are You Okay and and uh, adopted the Alec conversation model into uh, all of our um, conversation uh, materials, uh, Movember conversations, which is a, a an interactive conversation simulator, and ask listen, encourage action and check in. That's that's what ALEC stands for. I think, you know, as that encourage action starts to, you know, gain some real uh, momentum and, you know, people do realise that there are positive steps that you, you can take and therefore um, get some help. But but also I think, you know, we're all blessed with these incredible resources that um, have been greatly un- underutilised and they are our, you know, our eyes to observe um, that someone's not doing so well because maybe their behaviour's changed or they're not turning up to something. And um, our our mouths or our hands to, to ask them, um, you know, I've noticed you're not quite yourself. Is everything okay? Our ears to listen to their answer um, and, and, and then to encourage them to kind of get the help. And, you know, too long we've kind of... Um, I guess maybe there's been some barriers that have been eliminated uh, where there might have been before because we, we're, we're working to improve our confidence, A, because people who have been down that road are prepared to say, you can get to the other side. There will be brighter days. Yeah, it might require ongoing therapy. It might require medication. It might require a lifestyle change. You might have to get off the piss. Um, you might have to drink more water. You might have to change things up if, you, if you're kind of expecting a better result. But look at me. Uh, you know, I'm a much better person than I was, um, you know, 12 months ago. Not me personally, but you know, I'm just saying this, this is our... A figurative person. Yep. Exactly. So I think we owe a lot to to those who have been um, courageous enough, I suppose. Even using the word courage now doesn't seem to fit like it might have 10 years ago because we've actually normalised it a little bit. It, it's um, You don't have to be brave and courageous. Um, you just got to be human and and vulnerable. I suppose, and I think that's sort of one of the one of the big messages we also try and try and spread is it doesn't it doesn't really take much if everyone's if everyone's talking about it if it's if it's an open conversation if it's becoming part of the norm that every like you like you tell your mate if you've broken your leg if you tell your mate you're having a hard time or whatever's going on in your life it makes it 
it makes it more normalized. It reduces that stigma and it means that people can get the help when they need to. People are going to notice those signs and all together we'll, we'll have a collective better mental health from it. Well said, mate. Zach, I want to just loop back a little bit and we, and we touched on this work that you're doing um, to improve the support systems and the actual healthcare that is in place to help people who have decided I'm going to reach out or someone has intervened and encouraged them to do that. Man Island, which you started, um, talk us through the journey of that, what it is and, and, and what it means and, and your involvement in, in, trying to, in trying to have this um, paradigm shift with the, with the caregivers um, seeing people that are reaching out for help. Man Island was my, my PhD project. I tried to market it, which was a strange move, but I just tried to separate it from the fray because there are thousands of PhD students going around and I was like, oh, I'm just going to come up with a name, um, which turned out to be a good move because it got my members' attention. <laughs> um, and uh, through through that, uh, you know, building up of that idea and I'll, I'll break down, I guess, what it is, uh, you know, we're now at the point where we're creating this, this intervention that we're going to trial and test um, that is now uh, called Men in Mind. So we've, we've had a bit of a, a name change to give it a, a, a broader reach. Um, and really how it started was that I began my PhD being like, men don't seek help. I, you know, I followed the literature, that's what it said. And I go, all right, that's, that's how it is. And I go, why, why don't men seek help? And so I, so I did a systematic review of the literature and I was like, wait a second, they do. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty clear that they do. They just don't do it in ways that uh, we might necessarily uh, be used to. Um, and they also, when they do seek help, drop out more readily, attend less sessions, don't engage as well, um, and often just have a shit time. And so I was like, all right, we need to shift this up. This is just a really problematic view that is perpetuating the problem. We're all complicit in this idea that men don't seek help. In fact, what is the system offering them? Um, and so I did lots of interviews with guys across the country. I spoke with you know experts and, and other psychologists in the field to try to get an understanding of what they were doing in the room. And the mismatch was massive from the outset. It was like the guys were like uh, often wanted, uh, you know, goal focused, action oriented, um, you know, really practical solutions. Um, lots of them wanted just to talk as well. You know, there was great diversity there, but the clinicians were not providing them with uh, an orienting or educating experience. Lots of these guys walked in and they go, I have no idea what is happening. Um, and the clinician would just expect that things were, you know, perfectly fine and that the guy understood and had the literacy to, to work out exactly how therapy was going to look, for instance. So, um, that mismatch and the expectation discrepancy, as I called it, was that the, the clinician was like, oh, they, they expect this from me. And the man was like, I expect this. And there was no match up there. And so we ended up with this system where men were like, no, nah, I'm not into this. You don't understand me and you don't even care. And the clinician was like, I'm providing really great therapy. And so they, they, neither were speaking to the other. There's a lot of silence and stigma and shame around um, He's the doctor, so he must know what he's doing. Um, but in fact, he's really missed the mark here. So I'm just not going to come back. Um, and so we moved forward with that. And um, I realized over time that there was a pretty clear um, nugget of knowledge that clinicians needed um, that we could broaden out to five modules or so over time that could fundamentally change the way that clinicians were interacting with their male clients. Um, 
and engage them in, in different ways. So we've created this Men in Mind program that we're going to pilot next year, which is really an interactive training program. It's like continuing education that, that you know, vets have probably, I'm sure. Um, and it, it just goes, this is what masculinity is. This is what your own gender is going to do in treatment. This is what depression can look like in men, really different to how it looks in women. Um, this is what suicidality looks like in men, and this is how to respond to it. It really breaks down things that have never been spoken about before. I was the only guy in my whole master's cohort. Um, I never, ever had a word of gender spoken anywhere in any of my training over 10 years. Um, I'm here to change that. It's interesting because in a um, physician sense, in like a, in a GP sense who may just be dealing with lumps, bumps, sprains and, and breaks, and, and for particular health reasons for women and for men, there are specialist people, right? Like prostate cancer specialists and gynecologists and things like that as obstetricians for kids. In the psychology space, it's sounding to me like it was heavily uh, female graduates and maybe not enough tailoring, just purely just encouraging more blokes to be psychologists as well. Um, and, and then having people turn up and the clinician giving a blood pressure test, the thermometer in the year or somewhere else and going, cool, but no blood test, no CAT scan and no no MRI to go deeper or follow up more, um, more deeply. I, I don't know if I'm oversimplifying that, but I suppose I'm trying to relate it back to I'm just feeling a bit actually physically crook and don't want to go into work. So I go in and get a prescription for something that's kind of a bit feels a bit more linear and like problem solved yeah it's i mean it, to me it's like that one size fits all model which doesn't really work every it's got to be tailored to the individual and as as you found out it's got to be tailored a bit more specifically to the gender and to to men to men as well and it's it's within men you know it's not like oh i'm seeing a man or i'm seeing a woman it's like what type of man am i seeing where do you come from where does this all exist um and and where did you learn this stuff and you know it's uh, as you said jack it's not necessarily purely around having more male clinicians because women do really well with men it's just a matter of having the education to go what's happening here and where why am i interacting the way that i am why are they responding the way that they are and how can we progress that um, moving forward by by giving them the skills because we know that clinicians are going there is a there is an epidemic of male suicide and depression going on i do not feel ready to handle this but no one seems to have been offering them anything so that's i guess where we step in i love that that's awesome watch this space for men in mind in, in 2021 um exciting to i'm sure to see your own work come to fruition into something that takes the form of a module that can be actually delivered out, and and now you, the work starts, I suppose, on measuring the outcomes of that of that program as well, and um and charting that, which which is exciting, mate. And I hope, hopefully, maybe in a couple of years, we're having another chat to check in and see how how that's going. Brendan, to date, Movember's um, funded well over a thousand projects in in 20, 20 men's health partners in about twenty different countries. Correct me if those stats are not not completely up to date, but um. What are some of the really cool ones that are, that are operating now that you can speak to? And I've seen on LinkedIn a lot of commentary around this social connections challenge that's happening, and um, this sounds like there's just some really cool stuff with new tech evolving on ways to, for, for people to connect. Yeah, well, look, it's uh, we haven't got enough time to to really delve into the to, to Movember's portfolio because it's it's really um, it's quite varied and quite significant across you know across six countries um, around the world, but. Look, we're doing some, yeah, the, the Digital Social Connections Challenge is a, a grant funding round that, that we've got, um, which actually 
uh, closes in in mid-October uh, on the 15th. But it's all about trying to harness um, some of the community-based uh, activity that's happened to bring guys together in a virtual environment where, you know, we've had to be physically distanced, but we've managed to stay socially connected. So how is it that we can harness some of those good ideas and and wrap Movember's, you know, um, financial um, uh, support around uh, and, you know, technical expertise uh, in order to perhaps uh, scale those up a little bit and then and then take those interventions, you know, out to the uh, to the rest of the world. So that's kind of uh, why we why we've got that idea. In it kind of piggybacks off a a, a funding program that we have still got going called the Social Innovators Challenge, and that all drew for some research for, from some research that we commissioned, which uh, showed that men, particularly in their middle ages, were very dissatisfied with the strength of their social connections and the strength of their relationships. So Jack, Jeremy, Zach, you know, we all know, um, well, I know, I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. Now, as we get older, we're not as good at keeping those social, that social scaffolding in place. We've got to kind of work a bit harder. It's easy for, um, I, know, I know my own circumstances, you've, I've got a, a great bunch of mates that I went to school with, but those gaps between when you actually catch up and have those, you know, that meaningful time can get wider and wider and wider if you're not careful. Um, so we wanted to, to really harness some interventions in community that were bringing socially isolated men together. So the men's pie club in the UK, you know, oh, is what it is. Sign me up. <laughs> I, I want one. Um, you know, literally gets a bunch of, of socially isolated um, disengaged men together to make pies. And it changes, it's changed um, their world. It's given them a reason to get up and, and be motivated and, and plug back into life. Um, you know, those kind of opportunities that, that don't come from traditional health and academic settings are what really, really excites me about, about Movember and our capacity to, to make a difference. I mean, obviously, we've got the other end of the spectrum, which is Zach's work, which comes out of a research and, um, and a clinical setting. And, and now it's going to be put into a real world setting, which hugely excites me. Um, so look, there's we, we do work with uh, you know with with indigenous uh, populations, land-based programs where we connect um, in Canada, we connect uh, Canadian indigenous, really you know small high Arctic uh, rural communities that are kind of like the the absolute opposite to uh, to the Australian remote wilderness where it's hot and dry and but still very very remote remote, but it's in ice and instead of um, you know, keeping an eye out for, for snakes, you've got to keep an eye out for polar bears um, sort of thing. But it's uh, some of these programs that are, are giving these young men some mentorship and, and the capacity to connect back to land have seen a profound uh, reduction in in these these small communities where in one of them, the boys of uh, Nunavut, which is one of our programs, in, in a town with a population of a 1,000 people, they'd expect five young boys you know aged between 10 and 15 to take their lives every year five in a population of a thousand like um and since this program's been running um there's been it's basically you know eliminated um uh, death by suicide in those communities um it's been you know really really profound for them so as much as we're, we're big and we've got you know we've got interventions that reach hundreds of thousands of people and digital mental health and stuff like that 
it all narrows narrows down to um, you know to to people and an intervention and being in the right place at the right time sometimes. But uh, you know if you can pin our programs down to you know to, to to one or two people, even if it's you know a big big investment to one or two person people being standing up with with air in their lungs, you know, a dad going home to his to his wife and kids, a brother coming home to his family. Um, it makes it all very, very worthwhile and satisfying. And I think that's one of the that's one of the things that sort of drew me to Movember initially was there there's such a nice big forward facing thing, which is the Grow Your Mo, everyone knows the Movember campaign, but in the back end, all these little all these little projects and all these little groups that are being funded that are making such a difference. It's really it's quite an incredible thing to see. I know we've I don't I don't even know how much we've raised over the years, but it's nice to see that that they're going to these little projects, that they're going to all these grassroots things that are that are making such a big difference. And I know I don't think it is I don't think it was a uh, Movember thing, but I know the uh, there's a beers and bubs um, a beers and bubs club, which I'm expecting my first child in a bit less than two months now, and I, I found out about that and un- unfortunately uh, unfortunately not happening at the moment through COVID, but it's sort of men men getting together to and there's mentorship and all that going on teaching teaching expectant fathers how to how to how to do it so to speak and uh, yeah these these great little programs what's interesting right zach is it fair fair call to say like with these programs igniting and having real outcomes the clinicians have more things to point blokes to go to to go right okay you're not connecting with country or you're not you, you need to be around other dads to, so that you guys can relate to each. Is that fair? Like it's, it offers you more things to point someone to go, go and have a crack at this for a week and you'll probably be back in six weeks to tell me you're still doing it, for example. Hugely. God, that got me so pumped up, Brendan. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> this, is, this is what it's all about. But I think that um, we need to remember, you know, it's very easy. We're on the inside. It's really easy to, to just do our day by day, um, you know, grind and um it gives us meaning but it's really nice to be able to give an overarching picture of all of the stuff that we do and what we're trying to achieve um when it comes to looking at all of these interventions and the interaction and this is something that we always talk about yes we are not at the pointy end at movember you know i happen to be as a clinician but typically we work in the early intervention and prevention world where we try to get onto this shit early um the the thing that is not spoken about enough is that Having all of these, you know, ahead of the game, for instance, which is like a um, a sport-based um, resilience training program for for young men and their coaches. If you've got something like that, um, or you've got Movember conversations on the side, and I'm a clinician, all I want is to offer my client resources because it's like coming to PT. You're not going to come to a personal trainer and expect to do all of your exercise in in one hour for the whole week. It's not how it works. I want to be able to link them up to things. And every time I see a client, they go, what can I do? Who can I see? Where can I go? And clinicians are literally just running around like headless chickens trying to find things um, that they can link them to. So, you know, there there are other things outside of Movember like Mr. Perfect and Banksy Room and all of these other um, connection-based um, uh, ideas which are trying to promote the notion that getting more men together talking about not even their mental health, just life and fatherhood and all of this other stuff is really going to be um, 
essential. And that's the work where we go, all right, the clinical world interacts fundamentally with the outside world. We cannot just assume that they come in, they do an hour of therapy, they talk about what happened 10 years ago, and they're going to be sweet. That's not how it looks. Um, they need to do the hard yards outside as well. And having those interventions to, to point them to is is essential. Who'd have thought that for centuries men have been building shit and eating things and kicking kicking sports balls um, and some of those things are actually very good for your mental health and can help improve and, and be therapeutic. <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of men listening going, might tell the missus that next time when she says, why are you going down the pub again or down to the men's shed or whatever it might be? It's therapy, honey. Mm. It's therapy. <laughs> I'm making light heart of that. But um, I think it just shows you that there are things you can get involved with that might even just give yourself a kick in the ass to feel a little bit better. And you, and you might go, oh, I'm not going down there. There'll be a bunch of blokes having a whinge about how bad life is. But actually, you can go down and, and share in a little bit of fun and a common hobby and interest as well. So um, that's really cool. I don't think we can underestimate the value of, of those connections and that, you know, that sense of belonging in terms of what we do socially. Um, I just uh, I just have to share, I had a bit of a chuckle there when, when Zach used the phrase running around like headless chickens. We have, Because we're a global organisation, we have to actually um, think about our language um, so that it's universal. Um, what you should have said, because this is Australian, Zach, is headless chooks. It's quite, quite acceptable. <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> I purposely I adapt my language. I'm a man of the world now. Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't um I wasn't gonna pull you up on that. Um but if there is any mention of a barbecue, it's sausages, not snags. And um <laughs> we might have to work on whether it's flip flops, thongs or jandals, depending on where you're from as well. But yeah. Good call out, Brendan. Just keep him honest, mate. We're all wearing thongs right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so um somewhat lastly, fellas. <laughs> We're on the cusp of Movember. Movember's active all year round and, and I've seen um, through my own work touch points in the sport field how, how Movember can intercept at different times and we're lucky that um, in the sport I'm in, which is cricket, that Movember and cricket often overlap really nicely at that time of year and we can we can help share the love that way. But we're on the cusp of it and, and I'm, I'll be preparing to shave down um, and raise lots of eyebrow money this year um, as I always do. <laughs> Brendan, what is looking different about Movember this year or is it is it much of the same have you had to change pivot adjust for for this year's um, approach yeah absolutely I mean we don't know what this year's going to look like we think it's going to be a great year uh, we're getting nothing but really good vibes from our community from our Mobros and my sisters uh, look we've we've embraced a theme this year that uh, it'll probably be the most important mo you'll ever grow yeah, I like that. It's a bit of a dangerous thing because we can't say that again next year, but it actually probably is. Um, we're going to be on the road to recovery next year, and, and that with that comes a whole host of different um, challenges for you know for us meeting the needs of our community. Um, but it's those future needs that that this campaign will will support. You know, the support Movember gets is extraordinary, but the impact Movember can make is also extraordinary uh not only by mobilizing our community but um you know by investing um you know serious um you know serious funds into into programs that we really focus on 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 evidence and impact uh we'll have a crack at something that perhaps is uh a little bit outside the box and we'll back interventions like zach's that are you know very well um evidence-based you know it's zach's life work um coming to life here and 
um, we're feeling really, really confident that as a result of, of his work, you know, you and I will go back to see our clinician because they, you know, they connected with us in a way that um, perhaps um, we haven't had before. So the most important mow you'll grow, you know, if things have been stopping you from growing a mow, like you're worried about, you know, wearing it to the office, you don't have to worry about that because most of us are working remotely. Yeah. Um, there's even a filter now on Zoom that can put a, um, a fake mow on, believe it or not. Oh, really? I might write that down. <laughs> That's what I've got on now. Yeah, it's very good. And it gives a five o'clock shadow too, by looks of the um. <laughs> I think that it's, uh, as you say, next year is, is definitely going to be tough. But we, we look forward, I guess, at Movember as well. And we, we try to raise the funds so that we can um, utilize them for programs in the future. We don't try to just back to the wall based on crisis, you know, respond based on that. We go, all right, we know that this has been really rough. We know that the situational stresses and risk factors for, for mental health and suicide in guys are through the roof right now, um, you know, from financial distress, unemployment, um, you know, we've got relationship breakdowns as well are much more likely given the, the stress of the situations um, that are happening. So we want to bolster, um, you know, our community uh, to believe that we've got their back, really. And that's that's what we're here for. Um, so the most important mo you'll ever grow is around the fact that this isn't purely around, um, you know, the men who are who are really struggling right now necessarily it's also around the guys who might be struggling next year it's around the people who are doing okay but are dipping here and there um we've got all of your backs and and i think that it's really important to realize that this is a a whole of uh, community um understanding and that's why we bring in uh men and women into this campaign and we've got um you know the move uh campaign which is around uh, our most sisters doing 60 kilometers of, of walking or running throughout the month and, and host as well, um, which is probably only viable outside of Victoria. Um, but hopefully will be uh, some, somewhat, um, you know, a, a Zoom friendly hosting will be feasible in Victoria as well. Um, we want people to get together um, in whatever way possible uh, and talk about this stuff and uh, make it a fundamental part of their relationships this isn't a mental health heavy conversation this is moustaches this is you know what is happening uh on your face right now and where did that come from it's the best conversation starter um and every mo you grow will save a bro so let's let's start growing i reckon very well said and I like that it's 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 still it's still a fun campaign. It's still something a bit silly. You can have a laugh with your mate, with your friends, and and show what what pathetic uh, what pathetic hair you can grow on your top lip. But at the same time, you're you're raising critical funds for things that are actually doing really good. It happens in house as well, and that's why we keep that's why we keep doing it. I will never stop giving Brendan <laughs> shit for his his beautiful facial hair, and that's that's the beauty of this organisation. Yeah, I've got a ginger mo, but. Um... Is special. Ooh. It came out with a bit of a vengeance. It was, uh, yeah, it surprised us all. <laughs> um, I wasn't allowed to keep it though. <laughs> you should do what Jack does. He usually starts in July and then just keeps it going through November. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I've heard that. I think it's nine years running now, mate. I'm well, well versed. <laughs> and uh, you keep coming back. We're thankful. That's it. Yep. I, I come back because the cause is worthy of it. Um, it's, it is great fun. What you guys are doing is, is awesome. And, and I know that there is an enormous team of people behind the scenes that put the rubber to the road and you guys are a big part of that. Um, 
you've been a big part of this today and it's been absolutely awesome and such amazing timing for you guys to come on and have a chat. It's something close to our hearts, as we said at the start, and um, we're really thankful for your time. Brendan, thank you very much, mate. It's a pleasure, and I just want you guys to know that we will keep um, Flynn in our minds as we as we push forward with this work. Um, I've been a big fan of, of what you guys have been doing um, over the last few years, and, uh, you know, keep it up because it you've only got to give, uh, you know, someone who's hearing this a different insight or a way of looking at things that could just, you know, slightly pivot their direction and, and push them off, uh, you know, the right way, hopefully. Yeah, exactly right. Well said. And Flynn was a big supporter and always one of the first to donate to our Mo's as well. Yeah, he was. Um, and we, we definitely remember him as we continue to do it. And Zach, thank you. And good luck with this next rollout and phase of your project. And um, I'm sure we'll chat again very soon. Can't wait. And keep up the good work, guys. Love it. Thank you both. Yeah, thanks very much to Brendan and Zach for joining us, Jez. Uh, I, I love the Movember approach uh, to talking about mental health and and the way that it you know ha- has become um, a month of the year and a movement and all these other things. And and it was great to get Brendan and Zach's perspectives, but also really great just to see that um, they don't take themselves too seriously and and they clearly love the work that they do, um, but they love the mission that they get to advocate for as well. Well, that's one of the things that we also love about Movember. It's a it's a very sort of at its forefront. It's a light hearted silly thing to be doing to growing a uh, what most of the time is a terrible mustache over the course of a month um, but it but it has that uh, it had it has that meaning behind it and it has that message and and also the money raised goes towards incredible projects that are funded each year Jez, uh there are more pointed um, services available if you if you're looking for more help or, or resources out there Brendan used to work for lifeline um, one three one 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 four is lifeline Jez, but there's a heap of other great resources as well, um, including Movember's own conversation tool. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, do jump on to Movember and check out check out everything they're doing. You might you may be influenced to grow your own mustache or or do yeah. the or do the move for Movember uh, campaign this year. Uh, as you said, they've got the Movember Conversations tool, which is uh, a joint partnership with Are You Are You Okay using their Alex system and gives you a simulator of of a conversation you can have with someone and and takes you through the steps of how to have that conversation. Apart from that, we also have our usual supports that we offer out at the end of each episode, being Beyond Blue Kids Helpline or Headspace for under twenty fives is Are You Okay uh, Lifeline, which Jack has already mentioned on one three one 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 four. If you feel you're in a crisis, there's a suicide callback service, or if you uh, feeling like it's an emergency, please call triple zero. Yeah, exactly right, mate. And um, I think I've said it a few times, but the, the my, one of my biggest learnings over the last few years has been that uh, Beyond Blue, Lifeline um, and those sort of similar services are also available for someone who is worried about someone in their life, family member, friend, whoever yep. it might be. So there is help and people there who can give you some guidance if you're not sure uh, how, to, how to intervene or help a friend or... Um, it might just be that, yeah, you're just wanting a bit more information or understanding, and I think it's important to arm yourself with with um, those resources and information and know what is available. Because uh, I feel like if we can be armed with that individually and have the option to say, "Oh, hey, well, you could hit up this website or give this phone number a call," um, that could go a really long way to uh, saving someone's life um, potentially. So, Jez, thanks very much, mate. Um, we've got one more episode. Regular episode. We to do. Come. 
Uh, yep. And then our last one, as we've announced via social media, is going to be live. Um, I don't know why we're doing it, <laughs> but we are. <laughs> so via our Facebook page, you can join the event and we're going to be going live on Facebook for our finale. It's going to be interesting. We certainly won't have the power of editing that we do when we uh, pre-record these. We will not. It might be a bit fast and loose. Um, Dr. Cam will be back. We've got some very special guests uh, who are friends of the show who are going to yep. uh, drop in for a chat as well. And we're going to have a bit of fun with them. We'll be announcing who that is very soon. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, jump onto our Facebook page and website and um, give us a follow. Get give yourself us a like. ready. Yeah, get ready. Get armed because we're going to hopefully... <laughs> Be, bring home 2020 with a bang um, it might be a bang in a, in, a, in a party explosive sense or it could be a bang just a literal explosion I'm not sure but. we'll all find out together won't we I'm looking forward to it anyway Jez thanks mate as always and uh, I will talk to you again on the next one always a pleasure